Blog Talk Radio. Hello again. Dr. Ross Green here, coming to you live from Freeport, Maine. Another episode of Parenting Your Challenging Child. I am joined by Kim Hopkins, our Director of Outreach, and I believe Jennifer Tressway, uh, our um, Social Media Coordinator. How are you both? Good, thank you, Dr. Green. I am delighted that you both are good. This is another abbreviated program today. We're only going a half an hour today. It is also, and this is always very sad news, our last program of this broadcast season. We will pick it up again in September. Um, how are you both feeling about that? It's kind of hard to believe. <laughs> Time goes very fast. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's very difficult to believe that the school year is almost over. I almost have a graduate, a high school graduate in my oh. house. So. Oh, uh, my goodness. <laughs> congratulations. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, That's fantastic. I'm about, to have another, I'm about to have another college graduate, um, so he is, not, he is not in my house, but... Um, his graduation <laughs> is coming up. Wow. Um, so we, That's awesome. We have a call, yeah, we have a caller already, and then I will be oh. out of college graduates. Um, that's it for me. <laughs> unless, unless I'm around long enough to attend a college graduation of a grandchild, and I'm not aware that there are any grandchildren in the offing for me. So I might... <laughs> I might be out of, I might be off of college graduations for a while. <laughs> you can come to my kids. Uh, you invite me, I'll be there. All right. <laughs> we have several emails to respond to, and we already have a caller. And so let's, uh, callers always take top priority on this program. Let's go to our caller first. In area code 315, let me wait for the technology to work here. You're on the air. What's on your mind today? Hi. Well, congratulations to all of you making it to graduation. I am not there yet. (laughs) But I am a super long-time fan of Dr. Ross Green. I've been to one of your conferences up in Maine, um, CPS has changed my life and my kids' lives, and I'm a parent coach now, and it changes lots of people's lives. And I just want to say again, thank you to all of you for all that you do. And I know it's it's amazing, all the advocacy and all the hard work. And then I'll get to my thank question. You. We, we appreciate <laughs> you saying. Which is a, it's interesting because it's one of the hardest ones we all talk about how video games and stuff is one of the hardest um, unsolved problems to do. And I was talking with um, a group of unschooling parents, and it occurred to me that I needed some, I guess, 
better ways to talk about this because oftentimes when we do the video games, the unsolved problem sounds something like, I noticed you had a hard time getting off of your video game when I asked you to or after the 90 minutes or something that is related tangibly to something else. However, a lot of unschooly parents tend to relate that to a behavior, which is touchy because we don't want to include behaviors. So my question is this, the, the, the problem was their rule in their house is you can have access to your video games as long as it is in a manner that is appropriate for everyone else in the family to feel safe while you're doing it which is tricky because what you're talking about is behavior. So I'm wondering how, right? Like, and the, when they have these discussions, and for instance, I have encouraged like chunk it down, maybe a specific game, and, but it's still behavior related. So I'm iffy on that. And also when they do that and it's about a specific game, oftentimes the, solution or the um, plan is, well, I just won't play that game, which is okay, but then it's another game that's the similar thing that ends in the similar response, so it's like this unending cycle. So I'm wondering for help or thoughts or how do you structure that so that we're not focusing in on behavior? You want to remember that the unsolved problem is an unmet expectation. The expectation that I'm hearing, and it sounds like it has shifted a little bit, it went from an expectation about how long the child would be on playing a video game to playing the video games safely. Now, safely can be an expectation. Even though the opposite of safely is a concerning behavior, safely is the expectation. Uh, you can the, the difficulty playing your video game safely is actually an okay unsolved problem. In the same way that, let's say a kid is calling out answers in class during social studies discussions, and we write the unsolved problem as difficulty raising hand during social studies uh, before talking in social studies discussions. While we might be thinking raising hand is a behavior, that's true, but it's the desired behavior. It is the expectation that kids raise their hand before talking in social studies discussions. And that's actually a fine unsolved problem. So sometimes the expectation is a behavior. It's that it's not a concerning behavior. It's concerning behaviors that we're leaving out of the unsolved problem. So we wouldn't put Difficulty not throwing the controller at your sister when you're mad in your video game. That's not a good unsolved problem. Or difficulty not calling out answers during social studies discussions. That's not a good unsolved problem. But difficulty being safe when playing your video game, that's okay. Difficulty okay. raising hands before answering during social studies discussions, that's okay. Okay. And... It's so broad, is that okay? 
It's so okay that plan it's B usually go like the, the child is usually saying, well, then I just, just don't let me play that game. And then they don't play that game, but they play another one that's similar, right? And it ends up the same way. So it's frustrating, I think, for the parents because you don't get resolution, right? It seems like it is a continual cycle. Well, that's... That suggests to me that another part of Plan B wasn't attended to as well as it could have been. Namely, is the solution realistic and mutually satisfactory? So, okay. if we're, and here's the interesting thing. Let's say the kid's concern on difficulty playing video games safely is that game really makes me mad. Um, before we leave the empathy step, I'd want to probably know if there's any other games that make the kid mad. Um, what's hard for the kids about staying safe during that game so that if we got to the invitation and we heard the solution, well, then I just won't play that game, we could decide whether it really added up. And, of course, before we sign off on a solution, we are giving conscious, deliberate thought to whether the solution really is realistic. If if the kid switches to a different game, is that really going to make things safe? Uh, does the solution address the concerns of both parties? We are, just because the kid proposes a solution doesn't mean we're rolling with it. We've got some evaluating to do. Can can we both do what we're agreeing to do? Is the solution truly going to address the concerns of both parties? So you may have parents there who are signing off too quickly on a solution or may not be hanging out in the empathy step long enough to really have the fullest possible understanding of what's making it hard for the kid to stay safe. Gotcha. But let me see if, uh, before we sign off on that one, let me see if Kim or Jennifer want to add anything more to that. Yeah, I I would just (laughs) flush out a little bit more about what you said about that I just won't play that game because I have a super hunch that that is a solution that only addresses the parent's concern which, of course, then the parents would be like, great, glad we talked, right, initially before the solution doesn't work. But you would really blow the kid's mind by saying, you know what, we appreciate you saying that. That's one idea. But that idea doesn't actually address what you said. And, and again, what you, you know, what you mentioned, Dr. Green, about making sure we learn about what's making the kid mad or whatever in that video game, right? Um, the other thing is I'm thinking – if we just don't play that game, we're not actually learning. It's really, it's really a proactive plan C is really what it turned into, <laughs> that we're just sort of circumventing the unsolved problem. We're not actually learning how to address with whatever is upsetting. And I agree, yeah. you could certainly go right yet. Um, you could go with a particular recent game so that you can do some nice deep drilling and then learn what you can um, once you get a solution that works, if it's going to fit for other games. Um, but, yeah, I just, I just wanted to flesh that out a little bit more. Jennifer, anything? The only other thing that I would add, <clears throat> excuse me, is that you said in the very beginning this is one of the toughest subjects that comes up. And mm. if it's parents and kids who are – just starting out with plan B, it's going to be that much tougher um, because I know in our house, 
it's of course where we started because it was one of the biggest challenges that we were having, uh, but it was not successful in the beginning because we hadn't really learned how to use the model successfully with each other yet. So I would wonder, you know, if the parents and kids, if this is their first plan B attempt um, or if they've tried to do it to use the model with other things, that something easy to see how it works might help a lot in the long run. Absolutely. I will say that that is a conversation I almost have all the time because I always, <laughs> if a parent comes to me with issues and they say, my kid is explosive, I'm like, read the explosive child. If they're saying, I have problems with my kids and they're not explosive, I say, read Raising Human Beings. <laughs> I say, <laughs> um, if you... If you really want to see progress, what it does is it actually changes how kids think, right? And so I have I'll always say you should have – try something that you know you can tackle that is very plain. It's much easier to start there. And I, you know, use my – I mean, my kids have – I've been using this for over 10 years, right? So I say my kids plan B each other and themselves all the time right? And that's what you want to see is that they recognize that there was an issue. It's regulation at its core, right? Oh, my behavior is a symptom that something was not right. And my kids are very good about saying that's, in fact, I will tell you this one quick. My 14-year-old, who was the original reason I read The Explosive Child, said to my other explosive child when I was not there attending to a child who was in the hospital, said, hey, I can see you're really upset. That's your amygdala. And we know that you can't control that. So let's just walk outside and I'll go with you and we'll just, walk, we'll just hang out outside for a while and then we can come back to this later. And I almost died. So thank you. And for all those parents who are like, that's never going to happen, I want you to know the kid who I read the book for said that. Like, so it is so important. And that's from years of doing that, right? Years of saying, whoa, hey, and then not talking about it right away. He didn't say, why did you do that? Or you're messing everything up, right? It was, hey, we're in a red zone. We're, we're at, we, we need to, like, calm. And then later we'll talk about it talk about it later <laughs> so oh. it's fantastic and I again I think all of those things are great and thank you for kind of drawing those lines for me I think that it has definitely more clear we we appreciate your enthusiasm and we're very glad you called in <laughs> excellent enjoy your summer thank you yes you, you too, too. We have another caller, this one from the other side of the country, area code 206. Uh, let me pick, there we go. Um, what's on your mind? Hi, good morning. Um, I've got a question about my seven, almost eight-year-old son. He cannot sleep in his own bed. And it's been going on for a long, long time. Um, and we plan seeds, putting him to bed. You know, one of us will sit with him until he needs it. Planting him coming to our room in the middle of the night is much harder because it means one of us does not get to sleep in our bed when it's me and my partner. And in drilling with him 
all we found is that he's scared. He doesn't know what of, and he feels comfortable when he can touch one of us. And like by touch, I mean like lay right up on top of us. Um, <laughs> and you know that is not a, a durable solution for us because we can't sleep that way. So I'm not really sure where to go from here, and I was hoping to get some input. I love I love that one, although I know you don't because you're not getting very much sleep. But I um, that's a great unsolved problem and a challenging one. Let me defer to Kim and Jennifer first. I've solved that one a number of times, but um, Kim, Jennifer, you want to jump in before? Possibly not. Um, no, I'm happy to. I just, I, it, there's always a delay, so I don't want to talk over Jennifer, but I'm certainly happy to. It's also one I've solved in my own house. It's been a little while, but um, definitely one we solved. So um, I, the, the first thing that comes to mind for me that you've learned that the child is scared, but you're not sure what of, that's a great piece of information. And like you said, right now, the solution from the child is, well, I'm just going to have to touch you when I sleep, right? And that's not a working solution. So I'm interested in knowing more about the kid's concern. And maybe there's more to learn about scare that maybe they don't have the words to tell you yet. Um, and so maybe using, taking some guesses, using the five-finger method to see how close your guesses get rated um, I just I think there might be more to know about that, and then maybe there even is more to know about the unsolved problem in general outside of scared, if that makes sense. So I think more to know about scared, and then maybe more to know about other things that could also be getting in the way of difficulty sleeping in your own bed all night. Um, that's where my head goes. No, I totally hear that, and I like I I feel like I've tried peeling on scared in 18 different ways and we're just he doesn't know mm -hmm. um so i don't know what you know i i can't get information out of him that he doesn't have access to i don't think um or maybe maybe there's a trick <laughs> for that and you've tried guessing things like is it shadows is it dreams in your mm -hmm. head is it you think something's in the closet or under the bed and you keep getting the i don't know i don't know i don't know exactly but it's just scary. Mm -hmm. And um, have you said things like, um, you know, we're not saying you can't sleep with us all night. Right now we're just asking what's hard about it. Just a reminder that it's not plan A, even though, of course, I know that's, that's your end game, but in the conversation, yeah, yeah. you're just looking for I mean, we. Yeah, exactly. We've talked a lot about how, like, it's, you know, it's not, he's not happy being scared in the middle of the night. We need to figure out what we can do to make him feel less scared. Let's, you know, let's talk about that. Um, mm. And, you know, I mean, I think mm. he knows that we're not plan a him because he is in my bed every night. Uh, <laughs> so, if anything, he's plan a us. Right. 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 Oh, I, I remember those days. Not fun at all. Um <laughs> So I'm actually a little bit more focused oh, on the solution piece. Um, hmm. And here's what's interesting. <laughs> I certainly, certainly worked with kids who had nebulous notions about what it meant to be scared. 
So I don't know if you're going to get more. I hope you get more because it might give you something specific to work on, and guessing is always an option. Um, but let's say scared is all you end up with. Your child is just waking up in the middle of the night and uh, is too scared to stay in their own bed. Their solution to that is to be in your bed touching you in some way. What I'm wondering is, is, is there room there for considering other solutions? Once again, I think Kim is spot on. It sure would be nice to know a lot more about what scared meant to see if there's something to work on there. But if it ends up just being scared, uh, right now your child's solution isn't working for you. So it doesn't count as mutually satisfactory. Your concern is that you're not getting any sleep and that you'd like to be in bed with your partner. Now the question becomes, if we get nothing more on scared, is there some way for your child to feel comforted by your presence, but make sure that your concerns are addressed, meaning not in your bed, not necessarily touching you? That's kind of where my head went when I heard you saying, we're not getting a whole lot on scared. Uh, I think that it's worth trying to get more on scared, but my head went to the solution there. Jennifer, it sounded like you might have been about to weigh in. Have you dealt with that one in your <laughs> own family as well? Amazingly enough, that's that's a problem that we never had here. Um, no, I was I was laughing, Dr. Green, because it was it was unusual to hear you say that you were focused on the solution instead of the uh, empathy step. That just struck me as funny. Um, But as far as the problem goes, amazingly enough, it's not one that we've ever had to deal with in my house. Um, The only thing that I would add to what you've already heard is that I think it's really important to not just to try and clarify what his concerns are, but to be really clear on what your own concerns are. Are are your own concerns him being in your bed? Are your concerns in regard to him trying to sleep on top of you? Um, Because if you haven't really clarified what you need to solve, then it's going to be much harder to find a viable solution to. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think to, to sort of talk to what both of you have said, and thank you for that, I, I've, we've spent a lot of time thinking about what we actually need, uh, me and my partner, and we need to not be touched. And, um, mm-hmm. and for me, and, you know, for my husband, he needs even sort of a bigger radius around him. Um, and so he just, there's no room for the sun to fit in between that. Um, okay. And in terms of what he's open to in terms of solutions, you know, we've talked through a whole number of different things and it's really that he wants to be touching us. And I don't know how to resolve him wanting to touch us and our needing to not be touched. Well, it would, it would be focused on, I mean, once again, him touching you is your solution. I mean, excuse me, is, is your child's solution. Um, I'd, I'd want to talk a little bit about what reassurance being in physical contact with you provides. Um, knowing you're there, uh, could you know that I'm there by hearing me breathe? 
Um, could you know that I'm there by very gently, um, every once in a blue moon, touching me to make sure that I'm still there? Could you know that I'm still there if I promise you that I'll tell you if I'm going to leave? So uh, it does sound like the in the bed and touching pieces are the pieces that are not mutually satisfactory, and to tell you the truth, not realistic. I would talk about uh, that's where I would probably head. Where what does touching us accomplish, and can that be accomplished in some other way? Okay, that's very helpful. Thank you. That, that's um, what we're here for. That Good does give me somewhere to go. I was feeling very stuck. <laughs> we hope you. Thank you. I don't. I don't know if you have a cue. Possible. I actually have a, whole, a second question. If you have availability. We do. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Same kid. Um, our, our second problem with him is going to school. Um, this is a, a real challenge for him. Um, and so we've drilled on it a whole lot. And there are some things he's very consistent. These aren't the problems that, you know, friends aren't the problem. The, you know, schoolwork isn't too hard. But other than that, the problem bounces around. And he might say one day that the teacher is mean and the next day that there are too many pebbles on the playground, um, you know, or that there aren't windows in the cafeteria. And so I just don't – I'm finding it hard to focus on coming up with solutions or possible solutions, right, since it's not necessarily mine to implement when we can't sort of settle on what – the problems are. And I understand there may be more than one, but the number that I'm getting from him suggests to me that maybe he's just casting about. Well, my quick thought on that is that you're right. There might be multiple concerns that are making it difficult for your son to go to school. Um, before we enter the invitation step, and you may know this, you may not, this is not, this is this is a relatively new aspect of the model. We're asking kids to um, tell us which concern is the most important, which concern is getting in the way the most. And that's the one that we are working on in that plan B. There are times when just solving one solves the problem, and we don't have to attend to the others. There are times when just solving that one solves that one but doesn't address the others, and we still have other problems to solve. But that would be my primary recommendation because it sounds like there's so many concerns we're not sure how to organize the effort. That's how we organize the effort these days. He gets to pick which one's getting in the way the most, which one is the most important. We're going to try to address that one, and then we'll see if there are any others that remain to be addressed if that one doesn't get the job done. And so I, I totally get that, and we prioritize, and I've had him say, you know, which one's getting in the way the most. And um, but he, he's he's got this feeling that like until we solve everything, we can't try to implement any of the solutions, right? So I can't try asking the teacher for something to do after my math worksheet because I can't be at school because there's still too many pebbles on the playground. That's very interesting. Um, I, I would need to hear more from your son about that. 
to weigh in better. I don't know if Kim or Jennifer feel like they can weigh in on that. There's, I would need more information about what that's about. Kim, Jennifer, okay. any thoughts on that one? <sighs> that is a problem we have had in my house. <laughs> Um, and, you know, when my son was in elementary school, he was just so overwhelmed that uh, everything was, everything was, an, was a, a concern for him. Um, and it, it really took plan seeing a lot of things. Um, we didn't try to solve anything. We just stepped back and plan seed pretty much everything, including for a little while we had to plan C school. Um, because Yeah, make you just out of school for like a month because we can't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, stepping back at with with plan C did eventually get him to a place where he was relaxed enough to start to focus. But in that moment where he was so overwhelmed, we couldn't get anything concrete out of him. Um, unfortunately, it took a lot of time and patience and plan C. And I don't have a better answer than that. <laughs> But it's hard. Mom, that, that may be the best we can do for you today. We, um, we wish you luck with that. But I, I personally mm -hmm. would want to hear more about the we can't solve one unless we solve all. That, I, I would need to hear more about that to get a better feel for what that means to your son. Okay. Okay, well, thank you all very much. I, I really appreciate you guys putting on this podcast and answering people's questions, and have a great summer. You too. You too. Thanks, that, you too. On that note, we've got to call it a day here. This is a short program today. Apologies to our caller from area code 509. I wish this was not a uh, short uh, session today, but we will be back, and as well to the people's <laughs> emails that we are, are still lingering. Um, we will be back in September doing this all over again. We hope you all have a great summer. Kim and Jennifer, thanks as always for doing this. And um, we'll be back. Take care, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.